Aloha, this is Bill Best once again with Bobby D. Best and Off the Record. Bobby? My job is to say thank you to Maui Toyota. Oh, your job is much more important than that, <laughs> but that's important too. Thanks to Maui Toyota for being an ongoing supporter of Off the Record, our live talk show every Tuesday and Thursday, as long as we can make it today. We're a little iffy, uh, but uh, we're here. And we're here with uh, Ken Moore and Dee Chapon. Close enough. Close Ch enough. <laughs> Chapon is what Chapon. That's prettier. Yeah, it well, prettier. sure. It's it yeah. French. Is that French? I, it was um, a abbreviation from Chaponiski, so it was... Chaponiski? Yeah, I think. And is that... Lithuanian. Lithuanian. It's my ex's ex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, welcome to you, you both. Uh, you you help couples have safe conversations. We try. So often, couples get into uh, arguments, and it ceases to be safe any longer. And a lot of times, uh, couples say things that uh, they regret later that can really ruin their relationships. Yeah. So I have to say, off off the top, uh, Bobby and I have a lot to be thankful for. We live by the ocean. We uh, are well-fed. <laughs> Not welfare, but well-fed. And uh, we uh, play music together. We uh, sing. We, uh, what else do we do? We do Nagong. We do this show. We do this show <laughs> together. There we you do, go. you, you know, we together. do probably more than some couples do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of couples, you know, they go their own way during the day, they have their own careers, and yeah. they get back together, and then they eat and watch TV and go to bed. Yeah. So, <laughs> one way we get along, we live in a condo, so it's not that big. Is that I'm outside all the time and he's inside. Yeah. That helps. So that she helps. likes the uh, the outdoors and I, I like the indoors. I stay under a rock during the day and <laughs> come out at night. <laughs> so we're so glad you came in because I know we were going to do this before and uh, for one reason or another it didn't yeah. work out. And uh, it almost didn't work out today. Uh, uh, Bobby convinced me to come in wearing gloves and not shaking hands. And uh, uh, so I don't have to use Perel when I wear gloves, thank goodness. Uh, I don't think that stuff works that well anyway. Washing your hands a good deal is probably a great idea. Uh, as far as I know, I don't have the coronavirus. I'm happy to hear that. But <laughs> So you said you had a radio show a long time ago, but you've only been married four years. Yeah, well, we've only... We've been together 10 years, married oh, uh -huh, for four uh -huh. years, and our, we have a lot of past between us, uh, especially given our age. We have a whole bunch of different things. And, but incidentally, we both happen to have a radio show independent. Oh, separate other. radio separate. shows. Way, two two separate shows. Long, long time ago, long, in a place far, far away. <laughs> oh, uh, what was the subject of your shows? Mine was uh, holistic health. I had a holistic health organization at that time, and I interviewed people that were in the alternative. Of course, today it's kind of more mainstream, but right. back, yeah. this was 30 years ago. So, it's a lot of new stuff about how different ways of looking at your health. See, so you were proved right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a different world today than 30 years ago, that's it for sure. Like that. yeah. Or 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. What was yeah. your show about? I did a piece called Kenny's Corner on KTUH 
that followed or was preceded by uh, the Insanity Palace show. So I was definitely <laughs> into music at that time, emerging music, which was the 70s. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So and it was fun while I was in school and I did that for a while um, and enjoyed it. And that was my little radio piece. So, and that was in college? That was in college, yeah, oh, yeah. here in Hawaii. A lot of great uh, radio in college. A lot of kids <clears throat> do that in college, and then yeah. they, they go out into the real world, and they find out they don't do radio like that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be lucky if you have a choice on any song you ever have to play. But uh, that's different with Manao, where I'm also <clears throat> partly ensconced over there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I should mention we have a big fundraiser coming up, too, on uh, Sunday at the, um, uh, what is it, the uh, uh, alternate deck, the, uh, anyway, I, I don't have the poster. Everything's available online. Just look, uh, look under manaoradio.com and you'll find all about it. We, we've always got events going on that are helping support uh, our community station so let's talk about communication it's been six minutes so we haven't started talking about that see yet. she's always looking at the <laughs> clock part. well yeah. I'm, I'm with you i'm that i'm that part yeah. of our relationship and it drives me crazy because i'm <laughs> as soon as i get into a topic so just one of those differences right uh -huh. you were just pointing out yeah. here's this so there's so many differences that we have and in a new relationship remember when you met Ooh, and everything was cool and fun. The differences and were fun at that and time. And the different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we didn't actually experience much difference. When I look at how fabulous it was when we met, and it was, um, we met in a in a communication law, an ongoing communication workshop, a series of them. So we had a chance to talk about talking, and be in a new relationship at the same time, and it was really wonderful because. That same juicy, wonderful, everything is happening perfectly, and I don't need to say anything. <laughs> I don't need to do anything. My partner just senses what's going on, and so she's so right there, and the world is great. And it's wonderful. But then, because I'm making up that we're all the same, because I don't need to do anything. And then all of a sudden, one of us notices a week or a month or a year or whatever time it takes. Wait, wait a minute. She, you said what? That's not, but that's not, that doesn't match my model. I, it's not okay. And all of a sudden, I'm a little triggered. And for most of us, myself included, what I think I want to do is put that under a rug and go, okay, 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 yeah, let's get back to the juicy good stuff. And that goes on, and, but the, the disruptions become more and more frequent. Right? We begin we noticing. Yeah. yeah. And we don't really have the tools that we do. It wasn't modeled. I don't know about you guys, but it certainly wasn't modeled in my household or my generation, my parents, about how to get along. Oh, no. Yeah. no we're, we're not taught things like that. No. no. And or parenting or anything important. Yeah. Our parents weren't yeah. taught it either. No. No. And it used to be in, in relationships, people stayed together for other reasons. They didn't stay together because they were in love and wanted to be relational. But now there's so much more demanded of, of our relationships. Well, people yeah. expect to be happy in their relationship. They expect to, yes. Yeah. And they don't think they and don't have to work And when that doesn't happen, <laughs> yeah. that's when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. It's amazing. You mean what, the... the, uh, the uh, yes. 
There's another word for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the manure. Did that get beeped? Oh, good. Okay. We're nowhere. No, cool. we don't beep. Okay. But I'll be, I'll try to restrain myself. That, that moment where you, so notice how we're talking about the same thing. It's, we're not trained to really notice what's going on. We're not trained to allow differences. We want things to all be great. We don't want to have conflict. It's uncomfortable. And so we stuff it. And it doesn't work very well because we stuff it under this rug and the rug slowly or quickly becomes bigger and bigger, lumpy and hard to walk on until we start tripping over our own resentment and stuff we haven't really cleaned up with our partner. And our partner may be oblivious. They may not know what's going on for us because we're not trained to say, you know, I'm noticing I'm feeling kind of about something you said. Would you like to add to that? No, I'm just curious. <laughs> no. You're on a tangent, so mm. I was wondering where you were going with that. That when about. we begin noticing differences, we first don't like it. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's, and conflict is it. uncomfortable for people. Yeah. 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 So yeah. one of the things that we try to teach in our workshops, so we do, I don't think we've specified that, no. we do couples workshops. Um, primarily, they're about communication. Uh, but they're also about how to, when you can't communicate, when you can't do what we call dialogue, which means that there's a, a designated speaker and a designated listener, and not at the same time. That's what we call di our dialogue. That's challenging right there. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. But So we teach, uh, in our workshops, we teach couples how to <clears throat> attain skills to, to communicate better. And then we also teach them what to do when you can't communicate and when you can't use the skills because you're triggered or you're having conflict. So that's where the conflict part comes up. And we teach uh, couples how to use dialogue in order to get insight or to unravel the conflict. Safely. Safely. And that's yeah. where the safe conversation comes yeah. in. Well, I find one of our little stumbling blocks uh, is... Uh, in the area of criticism, hmm. um, I, I call it an observation. Uh, mm -hmm, I sure. observe that mm -hmm. you do something uh, mm -hmm. in a certain way, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, Bobby tends to resist um, what she calls criticism, which I call observations. Mm -hmm. um, no and uh, there. so it, it's difficult <laughs> to uh, criticize or ob observe. Right. Um, somebody's um, little picadillos or whatever you want to call yeah. them um, so um, uh, how, do you, how do you get over that because I, uh, I, I want to say well I, I wish you would do this and be more Ooh. something and uh, I love that so that's that's the beginning I that was a lovely way to start a request which would be I wish that um, and to our students, they learn that when they hear I wish, their radar immediately goes, oh, mm -hmm. okay, incoming. Yeah. Something yeah. important is going to happen, and it's probably going to be a poorly worded request. <laughs> Would you like to pick up on that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's, it's, yes. It's, I wouldn't even call it a request so much as you, as you started out by saying it's a complaint or a criticism. And what we teach couples to do is to turn that into a request. But that's not that easy. No, and yeah. 
for the first step that, that we teach them is to be recognized that what's, this is what's going on for me. Yeah. This is what I want. Yeah. And if you can come from that kind of place, rather, you know, when you're talking to Bobby, if you could say, you know, when you do X, Y, and Z, what goes on for me is I get uncomfortable or I get maybe irritated because, and if you're being vulnerable first before you turn around and point to the other person, it's a lot easier for the other person to hear. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I love that question because it's so, to me, clear that you want something. And as I heard D, it reminds me again of how when I want something, if I'm noticing what the need is under that, why am I, why am I engaged in this? And really take a moment, or more than a moment, to actually notice what's going on for me. Am I irritated? Am I rut? Whatever it is, expletive deleted, whatever that is, that I, if I'm doing my job, if I'm really attempting, if I'm knowingly attempting to create a meaningful communication and there's an issue for me, by identifying what's going on for me and not demanding that my partner do anything, I have a lot better chance of actually being heard and actually noticing what's going on. Because sometimes when I do that, I wish you, <coughs> I'm already triggered. I'm already in a place where I don't have access to all those wonderful prefrontal lobe ideas of empathy and connection and love and respect and all of those wonderful things. If I'm irritated and I start talking, I'm not probably going to be able to communicate anything right. other than irritation to my partner, which is not what I wanted to do. Would you help me out in closing that loop? <laughs> well, what I'm, what I'm getting is what you're saying is how important self-responsibility is and first recognizing what goes on for us before trying to communicate. Yeah. And um, then, then there are certain skills for the communication step, you know, yeah. the certain steps that you can go through. We use, um, for example, reflection as a, our mirroring is another way that people talk about it. So we try to slow things down. We, the speaker speaks and the listener or the other partner then reflects back what they have heard the, the partner say. And what that does is it, it slows things down enough. You really make sure that both, you know, the, the message being sent is the message received. Can you give a little example yeah, of that? I was thinking we might try that. Could you, would you be willing to tell me what you just heard me say? Um, yeah, I heard you noticing that. Um, oh, I, I actually spaced out, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, is, if you're not thinking, you have to reflect. Yeah, well, you you know, I was kind that. of flowing along, but I was actually formulating a response to what she was saying. Which is what we I, tend to do. Right. Other than listening. Right. So what I just did is also part of what we teach, which is when you're not paying attention, you simply say so. If you try to fake it, and like, then you're stressed trying to remember what you f didn't really hear, and your partner's not getting any juice, not getting any reality, and so you're really sideways. So in this case, you know, gosh, I, you know, I missed it. I, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Would you? Uh, yeah, I'd me? be happy. So what I was just pointing out is that by using reflection, it's a way of, we started out talking about conflict and about the challenging of, of 
being able to communicate mm -hmm. when there's conflict. Mm -hmm. And that by using some of the tools that we teach, like mm -hmm. reflection, mm -hmm. it slows things down mm -hmm. and it makes sure that the message sent is the one received. So conflict is tough, if I got it right. And what we do is help people slow things down so that the person speaking is assured that what they said was received and can be transmitted back roughly the same so that the speaker is happy with what has been exchanged. Did I get that? You got and it. And that's a way of reducing conflict and reducing stress. Yes. Huh. Got it. Is there more? Uh, I'm sure there is. But uh -huh. <laughs> there always is. Yeah. In reality, uh, people talk like in a Mike Nichols movie, right? There Everybody's you go. talking at the same, same time. They're not yeah. hearing each other. Uh -huh. right. And right. that's like normal reality. Right. Yeah. It's really challenging when we work with couples to get them to initially slow down enough to actually reflect, oh, this is tedious, this is slow, this doesn't feel real, you know, there's a lot of resistance, understandably so, but once you get into the groove of really slowing down and really having the experience of being heard, wow, that's so delicious. That's well, so, that has yeah. a lot to do with one of my observations <laughs> which is uh, sometimes Bobby will uh, uh, while I'm speaking uh, she'll cut off the end of my sentence and start talking right and then I I have to say what because I I couldn't hear what she said because I was finishing my statement sure. yeah and uh, then that often leads off into a quagmire <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very common, very yeah. typical. Then yeah. we all do that. We all. So slowing down would be a solution to that. I, we yeah. just wait until the sentence is over and yeah. then. Plus, go if, you, on. if you think you're going to have to reflect or get to reflect, then you really pay attention in a way that you don't if you're just having a conversation. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this kind of skill set is not something you do if you're talking about going to the grocery store or you know, where we're going to go on vacation. But if you have a, an emotional issue or, an, or just you really want to understand each other, then using this kind of structured process and slowing things down, um, you don't get into that talking over. You really have an opportunity for each person to feel heard, and there's a, such a beautiful connection as a result of that. And I'm sure my, quote, observation uh, is common with a lot of people, especially yes. people who have been together for we're 31 years now, so you can finish. She's, she's heard everything I have to say, you know, and now she says, she says, um, if you're going to tell a story, be sure to say, have, have you heard this one before? <laughs> and most often she's heard all of my stories, you yeah. know, so it's hard to keep it fresh. Oh. And, uh, you know, especially if I'm in company and nobody else has heard the story, yeah. uh, you know, I can't ask her to leave the room necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I got that one, because was, there was some gems in there. <laughs> the one thing I heard was that you are aware that you have a, a wealth of stories that you have a command of and you've said a fair amount. Oh, such a wealth. Such a wealth. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that... When you meet new people, it's useful or fun or engaging to tell a story. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What is that? It's like when you tell a story with somebody, you're, 
you're in a deeper connection. Is that it? Well, Something I think like so. That? Yeah. yeah. I mean, sharing. you're sharing stories. You're sharing, sharing part of so yourself. There's a con- yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's a connection yeah. showing up. Yeah. So you're having a good time connecting with someone mm-hmm. through the story. Yeah. And at the same time, your wife, who has heard that story, yeah. ha- already knows the, the, the tagline <laughs> and is, I don't know, weary? She's heard the story. <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't do the same thing. There's a difference there. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So I love that, that what I heard you say was you hear her kind of stepping in on top of your tagline or somewhere along. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing something happens for you when that happens. But that's usually one to one. Yeah, it doesn't right. it's not necessarily in company. Yeah. I got that. So one to one, you've got notice, your act down. Together. You notice there's yeah. this pattern pretty well. You might notice sometimes that's when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> there you go. Good strategy. <laughs> she hasn't yeah. left yet. So. <laughs> right. So that Dee and I were just talking about that strategy. <laughs> so we're no, notice we're holding one ball in the air here. This is the. Discomfort around telling a story when your wife is present and how it's different for you and the people you're new with and someone you've known for a long time. And it's different. And there are different strategies starting to show up for how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So that's why communication is so wild. There are so many things going on. And what we do in our workshops and our private coaching is to help people slow it down and we end up... Oh, you know, start noticing all the different pickets on this picket fence mm. that make up this, you know, this division between you and me and the real world. And so where I'm going with this is that your strategy is now hanging and now you've introduced a new piece, which is something that we recommend, which is when you're hearing your partner do something and you begin to get a little triggered about it, instead of interrupting and jumping into their act, you just say, you know, maybe I'll go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's a gr- is, does that work? Well, for works for me. <laughs> yeah, it works for you. Yeah, it gets you out. Well, uh, that's a good question. So when she goes to the bathroom and you're telling the story to somebody else, how does it work for you? Well, as long as I'm, you know, sharing with other people, I mean, it's fine. She doesn't have to listen in on a story she's heard dozens of times already. Exactly. Yeah. So, so look at how in one, in one way, you guys, having been married for as long, you have this very elegant way of without a big fuss, you just go, the time for me to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Cool. And and you, when we went out to lunch with uh, Barry Wurst, and he said, I know from listening to your show that you were born and raised in San Francisco. He <laughs> often brings this up. Uh-huh. Often. <laughs> well, I'm proud of my, my hometown. It's a great little town. Then yeah. Barry went on to say that, you know, he took a walking tour and loved San Francisco, yeah. too. But I wondered if you got that little dig that he was saying that. Well, yeah. I, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we begin to call a trailhead to a great dialogue. There's some, I'm guessing there's more that you would like to have in conversation with Bill about his talking about San Francisco or his storytelling in general. Is that true? I'm looking at Bobby as I ask this. Yeah, you can't tell on radio. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we're on Facebook, so you don't have to miss a thing. (laughs) My preference is when we have guests that we focus on the guests rather than talking about our own yeah, but I thought we would uh, hang out our dirty laundry. <laughs> so here's what I'd like for you to do at this point, Bill, mm-hmm. is can you reflect 
what you just heard Bobby say. And if you can't, that's fine. So uh-huh. that's not a test. But just notice if you can reflect back as cleanly as possible what she just heard what you just heard from her about her preferences. Going to the bathroom? <laughs> that was a start. But then she said something about when you have, we have guests. When you have guests. When you have guests. On the show. On the On show. The show. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's correct. He wasn't listening. So this is so this is where communication gets so tricky because we this happens all the time. We drop in and out of communication. So there's a concern you have that really didn't get heard. On the other hand, I know what his answer would be if he were listening. He would say, it's not an interview, it's a conversation. Okay. And so in this case, we're not asking for an answer. <clears throat> we're asking the, for the, a the reflection. The key is just to have him reflect, just so you know that you've been heard. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything with it. <clears throat> that in itself, being heard, is the juice. Mm-hmm. And then, after you've been heard, if he has an answer, you're more likely to want to hear what he has to say after you've been heard first. That's the key. But in either case, Bill, you notice that it it stops the old, the same old argument. It stops the same old argument. What that does? Whenever you make a kind-hearted reflection of what you just heard, and your intent, your intent is to check to see if you got it right, it totally changes the game. It totally changes the game. Oh, you're interested in knowing what I said and and how it is and how it is and maybe you could actually say you know I just like I did I you know I wasn't listening would you tell me again what that was about and then you give it to him and then and see but it changes that that irritability that snap back and forth that we get locked into that same old kind of thing Mm -hmm. that can take so much juice out of the relationship Mm -hmm. and it's it's a big change, and it's really simple. So when we teach this stuff, it's obvious when people aren't listening. It's obvious when people, instead of responding to oh a question or to reflect back what they heard their partner say, they come back with a retort or a judgment or a, a, a smart thing to say because most of us are really very smart and have a lot of stuff that they can come back with. So being able to reflect stops is one of the key things that we teach yeah. as a way of breaking the old pattern and, be, and having a new, fresh direction at coming back to that romance period that we had early in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have more that you might want to add about that? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't listening as closely as I should, <laughs> to be honest, because my, my, I was going off into, I guess I sort of had an agenda of what we might share today that might be helpful. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, and I think this is helpful uh, as a discussion, but we had started, one of the topics we had suggested to you that we might talk about was um, how to have a difficult conversation, hmm. like with a a partner or a co-worker or a family member, especially in these sort of interesting political times, there are times when there are people you have to talk to and that mm-hmm. it's really challenging. And so we have a, 
uh, three steps that we talk about of how to do that. Is that something you'd like sure. to yeah. hear more about? Sure. Is that yeah. something? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. By the way, we're talking with Ken Moore and Dee Chapon, and they are mediators and dialogue coaches as well. So you coach yeah. people on how to say the right thing. Doing yeah. this doing this exchange uh huh. Yeah. for 10 yeah. years now. And mediation, you mediate uh, in yeah. crisis situations? Uh, we yeah. mediate with the, the community, Maui Mediation, oh, as good. well as yeah. we do our own private practice. Uh-huh. But um, crisis situations, um, it's more dispute situations. I don't know that I would sometimes there are crises. Yeah, you hope it doesn't get to a crisis. You hope it doesn't level. get to that. Yeah. 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 Well, good for you for yeah. doing that. Mm. Um, it's so important these days, it especially is. with all the uh, conflict uh, and conflicting emotions that people have. But uh, of course, you help couples have a safe conversation, which right. is the kind of the crux of the whole yeah. thing. And we're so glad to have you in here. Uh, uh, not just to solve our little problems, and <laughs> and I really do think they're comparatively they're they're pretty small. We have so much to be thankful for, <clears throat> and um, you know we went over a whole series of of things that we wrote down some time ago. I can't remember how many years ago it was. And yeah, we we went through a a book about getting along with your partner, and we did all <laughs> the exercises every week. We did the exercises. And, mm. We wrote down one sheet was what I wish you would do, and uh, so we just recently looked at it and scratched off a bunch of stuff. Do, oh, congratulations! Do you still feel that way? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've gotten better in some things, and yeah. isn't that not in others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what I think what we find is, you know, we have a lot of couples who come in. There, nothing's really broken, right. but it's just that things have gotten a little stale, or there've been some long-held uh, uh, concerns that one of the couples had that they haven't felt safe talking about. So hmm. it's kind of more like sometimes we call it a tune-up, <clears throat> and and then just a recognition that um, we say the ultimate goal of our workshops is is joyful aliveness. Wow, what's that? <laughs> you know, it's not what most people, no, most couples think of when they're thinking about what are we going to do with our, what do we want out of our relationship. So we try to take them beyond just coexisting and and doing, you know, sometimes comparatively well to the next level, which is where you're really experiencing intimacy and closeness and connection and that heart-to-heart, which happens when you really do listen to each other. Oh, I really see a difference the way we talk to our cat. Compared to the way Curie we talk to, to each, each other. other, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Plus, the cat gets lots of petting. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. Sometimes we say, "Would you say that? You know, use that tone of voice or do that kind of thing mm-hmm. in front of a policeman, or a, you know, someone of authority." You know, often we treat our yeah. our partners right. so much worse. Than yeah. We, we, I, and every other person that I can think of, um, speaks in a tone or a way to their spouse they would never speak to anybody else it's appalling in my own experience and many i've heard many people say that it's like yeah how come we all of a sudden take on this uh, this entitlement that we can be a jerk with our partner Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's stunning how how potent that is so what d was mentioning earlier about how do we 
start taking these difficult conversations and making them safer is by first applying the principles of dialogue, this thing that we teach, which is not new, it's not ours, it's been around for a long time, but it's a, a really powerful tool. And by becoming aware of how we need to use it, we begin to train ourselves to be much more appropriate and aware of what we're saying and what our partner is saying by first asking. The first step in any good dialogue is not to butt in with your partner who may be working on seven things at once and busy, even if it's something really wonderful, but to actually slow down and notice what our partner is doing and ask, I'd love to share something with you. Is this a good time? And you're effectively checking in and setting an appointment, which mm -hmm. is the first step. Yes? Yeah. Okay. I mean, when, when you, we, we <clears throat> use the term set an appointment, and that sounds so very formal, but it is. It's courtesy. It's <clears throat> caring. It's, it's being smart. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, I often used to jump in on Ken's <clears throat> work day with <clears throat> all sorts of good ideas, and you know, learn that this was not a smart thing to do. If I wanted to be heard or I wanted to be effective, I really needed to be considerate enough to figure out what, what's a good time. Mm -hmm. So it, it behooves me to check in with mm -hmm. him to say, is this a good time or when is a good time yeah. and make that appointment. So that's first. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Thank number you. one mm. of our three principles. You want to hear two and three? Sure. Sure. You mm. want to do two? Sure. So I'm hearing you curious if I want to do too. Yes. It's a reflection, and that's the next thing <laughs> you do. And that, Very good. And you, okay. yeah, and you, uh, hopefully I did that well enough so you can see that you can weave it, a reflection, into everyday conversation because it's just reflecting back what you mm -hmm. heard the other person say. And you, clarifying too. And yeah, and, yes, and asking, did yeah. I get it? Yeah. Which is the second little piece of the dialogue. So we're actually using the exact dialogue step and tool in ordinary conversation. So these, this very clunky, structured dialogue process can be taken apart and used in, in bits extremely effectively to help keep your conversation fresh and with on track. Anyone. With anyone. With anyone, yeah. right. Reflection is really powerful. So if I got it, the first step is slow down, check in, set an appointment, and then when you're partner and you are talking that you reflect everything you hear and hopefully right. I reflect everything you I hear right yeah and okay. number three is the hardest the hardest thing in the world <laughs> the hardest thing in the world we call it validation validation yeah yeah most people tend to think that validation is is that you're agreeing with someone else right. And what we teach our couples to do is to find that part that you can respect the other person. So if you give me an opinion, Bill, that's entirely different than mine, my job is to, to understand that this is important to you, that however you came to whatever you said, it makes sense to you. And then I want to validate that that makes sense to you. I may not agree with you. Is that, is that coming across? This is what Susie out in the front desk does. She's very good at that. Oh, beautiful. She, she's not really agreeing with you, but she's understanding what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And yeah. that's half of it, really, just yeah. to know that somebody heard what you said. Yes. And uh, whether they agree or not, just to know that 
uh, you, you made your point. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times uh, you feel like uh, you just can't make your point. Yes. Yeah. You don't feel the other hurt. You're being blocked you. exactly. yeah. by maybe a misunderstanding, maybe uh, some anger issues. or uh, right. Yeah. If you find someone <laughs> repeating themselves over and over again, it's because they're not feeling heard right. and validated. Right. And if you could just say, oh, that makes sense, then you can say something like, well, I may hold it a little differently, and then they'll listen to your what you have to say, but not until they feel heard. If, they, if you don't feel heard first, it's unlikely that you'll listen to yeah. what anyone else will say, especially yeah, if it's different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so these, these, this system and these rules, quote, unquote, are so simple. There's only four phrases in the dialogue process. And it's noticing what's going on inside that becomes so important. Holding on to my own stuff, especially when I hear D say something and I disagree. And I want to, you know, tell her why I'm right, which is one of the five losing strategies, <laughs> is being right. Prove yourself you know? right. Yeah. And it's because I, if I don't feel heard, I will want to do that. Yeah. I will want to keep pushing my agenda. And so by validating or by being validated, D can tell me, yeah, I can see how you would feel that way. It makes sense to me. Mm. And when she does that, I feel total. it's like, yeah. And my defenses drop. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm open. And I'm feeling connected, probably, with my partner, even though she doesn't agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not about agreement. It's about allowing me to have my point of view and more importantly, when I'm looking at my wife, is to allow her to have her point of view without me butting in and, you know, raining on her parade. It's her world, not mine. And it's very tricky sometimes because we can, blend, we can go right over that boundary and start messing in our partner's business, demanding that they think the way we do. Yeah. Ooh. So... Uh it's really fun to, in our workshop, we have an exercise that we put the couples through and we have them read <clears throat> some triggering kinds of statements. You know, we have one about Donald Trump, no matter which side. Surprisingly enough. No matter which side you're on there. We have one about Monsanto, which is a good, and oh, Monsanto, yeah. which is a bad. We have all of those little scenarios. Yeah. And then we have our couples practice different honest responses about how they can validate the other person's thinking even if they are totally triggered by the content of it and it's quite an exercise to go through yeah. well, I'd be curious to find out what the two of you disagree on ooh it's yeah. a long list uh, really <laughs> really a long sure. list well we well, are like we're like you guys we we are together a lot we work together we play together uh -huh. and so but mostly it's it's over the workshop that we have most disagreement. Yeah. We don't what we're we don't argue much at all traveling or just being. But when we're talking about these ideas of complicated what? and intertwined ideas about com communication and roles and feelings and needs and strategy it's like it's it's a complex I mean we've been basically doing postgraduate work in human communication for 10 years. Mm. <laughs> and we're and beginning still, to get it. Yeah. So, yes, we, yeah, that's exactly the point, actually. That's probably the best, most wonderful thing 
I can reply with is that, yeah, we have differences, we have challenges, and hopefully we've gotten to the point where we, we deal with them quickly and as softly and as... When you as, say deal with them quickly, would you tell me more what you sure. mean by that? So if I, ha- if I get upset by something you say, if I, first off, I notice, and instead of being a criticism... I actually go, oh, when you say that, I feel raggle fraggle. So then I go, hmm, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable about that. So I say, you know, when you said that a moment ago, D, I, I noticed that I got kind of upset. I'm wondering if we could explore that. Yeah. And so that's the appointment setting. Yeah. And you dealt with it by naming it without reacting. Yes. Or even though and there's a reaction, reaction right. at least you're right. owning Right. This My, is what's going on for me. And right. you pointed out that you get upset about that. Uh, yeah. You can. So you're mm-hmm. you're acknowledging my your own uh, uh, anger or feeling your ability. Yeah. Yep. Which uh, is important yeah. to acknowledge. It. Yeah, yeah, because um, <clears throat> uh, it it. Well, I you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. tricky. It's getting complicated. It is. It's very complicated, and that's the reason why we try to keep it simple. Yeah. Because. Having three or four steps, three or four things to say, and just slowing it down and creating this very strong polarization. There is a speaker, and the speaker remains the speaker, and the listener remains the listener. Until you switch. Until you switch. And there's and that's clear a signals very to do strong. That. So when Dee's talking, if I'm doing my job right, I am doing nothing more than reflecting, right. summarizing, and validating, and asking, is there more? Right. Right. That's it. Is there more? Yeah. Yeah. So Which we used to a, call this the is there more dialogue practice because of, that's so sweet. There's, I mean, <clears> if you just stop to think about it, how often <clears throat> have you been talking and had someone listen to you and say, well, is there more? Never. I mean, that just it never, never happens. happens. <laughs> is that <laughs> juicy? But is that juicy? Is that not nice? It's Isn't like, that, wow, yeah, somebody's exactly. interested enough. But don't you think that's uh, uh, kind of inherent in our, our American lifestyle and attitudes? I mean, I, I would imagine you go to other countries and and uh, who are, that are more conversationally or in, oriented mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of these rules would apply more so than than here. I mean, everybody's attention is so so, so short. short yeah. mm-hmm. And uh and everybody's kind of on the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, you know, so their reactive level is is much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if you're part of a conversational society, mm-hmm. which I don't believe we are mm-hmm. to a great extent, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when this is our opportunity to have an hour conversation with yeah. people, when yeah. do you have an hour conversation with anybody? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, unless That's a great question, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe we should all make an appointment with our spouse to have an hour conversation once a week. Or go to France. Or go to France and have, and, and have a real conversation. Yes. Have a real conversation that's not necessarily about football or who played, but actually, so this is what's going on for me right now. And we have those conversations in our, we, yeah. we have practice groups for our graduates. And we have, they practice, they, we continue to help people develop yeah. the skill of actually listening and reflecting what's going on inside and how, what, how that, what that means and why, why it matters. We, we have a friend uh, from Italy, and uh, he expressed how surprised he was when he came here that mm. Americans would say, how are you? 
how are you doing? And, and, and not listen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not like, uh, well, geez, I'm starting to feel, and, and, and off they go. You mm-hmm. know, it's, uh, but in mm-hmm. Italy, they don't ask that question first thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think they say ciao. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing, we, as Ken mentioned, we're still studying and listening all the time. We there's so much information now out compared. <clears throat> comparatively about relationships and what to do and how to get along so um but what my point was that i've been listening and hearing a lot of on these um, webinars Mm -hmm. a lot of foreigners uh, therapists these are mostly for therapists that we're listening to there's a lot of therapists and they have almost the same challenges with their couples not always but a lot of the same challenges and what that says to me is, again, about the nature of relationships. Relationships are changing everywhere, not as much as and dramatically as they are here. But they are also, you know, in India, there are less arranged marriages. And there's, you know, there's a tr- trending toward people having to learn to be more relational. Used Especially here in the United States, it was we were all about being an individual. Mm-hmm. What can we do right, to right. become our own person and do yeah, all of that? Yeah. And so the trend is now where we're most alive. We were born in relationship, <laughs> and we're, we may die alone, but but Hopefully certainly, we won't. Yeah, certainly the, the most of our adult life is in relationship of one kind or another, and we mm-hmm. need to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm in ways that we haven't been able to do or haven't been taught to do. Yeah, being relational. It actually reminds me of something you said earlier in your presupposition that isn't there some place on earth where they're more conversational? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are, and perhaps Italy would be one. And the thing that we notice from our perspective is that um, a lot of the old country all over the world, old countries, the traditional societies are patriarchal. Mm-hmm. And that in America, we have been patriarchal up to about 100, 100 years ago. And we have radically shifted. And the women have, you know, in the 70s, they burned their bras and they got pissed off and said, no more. And they got, they got very strong about that. And women have gone through an arc study and looking and listening women have kind of they've stopped burning their bras and now they're just saying we want to have a relational partner we want to be able to relate talk you know express exchange and us guys we're kind of dinosaurs we're still stuck in that old patriarchal the guy is an island and i am strong and i don't have feelings i am strong and so it's a real challenge, especially for men, older, younger millennial men are, when we see millennials in our workshops, they're actually so much more flexible and easy to work with and so much less Hmm. bound up in these Hmm. old roles where guys don't really have access to feelings. I think one reason is because a lot of them have been raised by single mothers. So True. they just have the woman as their role model. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. good point. And, and so, yeah. yes, that's the absence of part. And guess what? There's an absent, there is a presence with when the, when the male figure is there and they are still in the old school way of doing things. 
their whole being, their whole, you know, they flavor the environment of the family. They're, You're talking about the patriarch. I'm talking about the patriarch. Yeah. 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 And I grew up in that environment, and I have, as touchy-feely as I think I am, there are still plenty of patriarchal remnants that I still work with and still yeah. D calls me on them sometimes, and I have to sit down and go, you know, you're right. I'm being well, a jerk about this. That's kind of part of the problem, too, is that men want to be the strong male figure, mm. and women, uh, uh, we we still kind of wish that they were uh, the protected ones. Mm. Uh, and women women these days are very strong and stronger than ever, and, uh, and it, it puts a lot of men off because they want to be the strong part, the patriarch. And not uh, part of a matriarchal system. Yeah. So you're noticing that big dynamic that yeah. shows up. It's huge now. I think the other reason, is our understanding of why men are put off, are because they don't measure up in the woman's eyes. The women expect mm. so much more now than they mm-hmm. did. And men are clueless. And, and men don't know how to do that. And according to our, most of our research, men want to please women. I mean, they do. That's their woman. That's their their And protect life. women. Yeah. And, and protect. And, and, and please them. Yeah. And if women are so strong that they don't need your protection, they just, yeah. they're just they ready to go, Yeah. Uh, wh- what is a man to do? Exactly. <laughs> and how does that make you feel? Yeah. yeah really I, insecure, right? What very insecure. My, what's my role anymore? Right. I, I want to go back to the making an appointment. When what? I'm sitting around reading with my girlfriends, we point out what we're reading and stop our own reading and discuss what somebody brings up. Mm -hmm. When Bill's reading, he doesn't want me to do that. Mm -hmm. He wants me to just respect the fact that he's reading and not interrupt him. Mm -hmm. Well, by the time he's through reading, you know, something else has gone on and that moment is passed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So what I heard is that you don't have any problem when you're interrupting or, or conversing about something you're reading when you're with your girlfriends. Well, they don't care if I... Because they don't care. That's the style that you have, and it's a give and take. And that you're experiencing that when it's with Bill, and Bill's reading something, and he's you're noticing or he's expressed he doesn't want to be interrupted, that, um, that for you the experience is that by the time he's available for you, that maybe the moment has passed that you wanted to share something or that, did I get that? Yeah. 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 And I would only ask for you how good is the quality of exchange if you do try to interrupt him, you know. Mm-hmm. In other words, that's the, the litmus test is does it work? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, if he finds that being interrupting is too, you know, unnerving, then whatever you're trying to communicate or interchange is probably not going to be very effective. That's right. And I have to yeah. point out, too, that women's uh, uh, associations with each other are different from men. They are. They um, are. Uh, you know, women are a lot freer with their thoughts and uh, among each other. Men, not so much. Uh, you know, we don't talk about our personal things that much, maybe with right. a close friend, but... It's something, you know, I'll deal with it myself. That's right. A, that's Absolutely. a man's way. Yeah. Yeah. With women, uh, she'll talk about anything with women. Yeah. Uh, amazing yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's a difference uh, right there between it women is. and women and mm-hmm. women and men. I love and that. Then, and with 
when we're with our fellow musicians, which are all men, they don't listen at all. (laughs) (laughs) And you would think musicians. It's my band, and yet I get nothing to say about any of it. But I find that true anyway with the the band. Even I can't get a word in edgewise half half the time. And you think, geez, these are musicians. Shouldn't they be listening? But uh, that doesn't necessarily apply to anything but music. (laughs) Welcome to patriarchy. So maybe we should all sing instead of trying to have a conversation. Um, I have to point out, we're surprisingly low on time. Oh, and I'm sure there must be a few yeah. other subjects that you wanted to cover before we're, we're done. Like we said, um, it's a tremendously complex subject, and we enjoy just talking about it in the simplest terms so that people can get the idea. And our exchange here hopefully has caused a few people to go, oh, they're doing this or they're doing that, or they're saying it's simple. Or paying or pay more attention, paying more attention to, to what's whether being said they're listening or not, and reflect. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, you said there was five things that are no nos. One is trying to prove you're right. Yes. yes. What are the others? These are called losing strategies. Ah, right. uh, yes. Controlling, uh, being right, retaliation. Hmm. Um, what was that? Oh, retaliation. I was wondering. Um, <laughs> you're pointing talking, at him. Yeah, talking out of um, uh, talking uh, excessively. Uh, unlimited unlimited self expression. Unlimited self expression. Yeah. Well, how does that work? What do you mean? Um, you just that. yeah. You just tell you yeah. It's when you just start saying whatever is on your mind, and you, and then you justify it by saying, "Well, that's the truth," and it's just. You just you just keep talking without out of your mouth and it's not actually noticing that the speaker's responsible speaker has a responsibility if they're wanting to be in a relationship it's to notice that maybe i don't want to tell my partner that they're a jerk and actually turn around and say what's going on for me first so unlimited self-expression is usually angry or upset that just kind of keeps aimed, on coming aimed at out your aimed at your partner and, and, and usually it's, it's a justified strategy. anger. You so know. how do you tell your partner that they're a jerk? <laughs> by, you do that. Great question. By, by first let's, noticing how their behavior let's, affects let's you. Let's demonstrate it since we got a short okay. period of time. Yeah, you be right. the jerk. Okay. okay. <laughs> You're the jerk. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, there. So, um, hmm. again, when I experienced you um, slamming the car door, a little bit earlier, mm. I I noticed that I really got upset and concerned, mm. and um, I'm just that's what's going on for me, and I'm kind of curious what's going on for you. Oh, so let me see if I got it. Yeah. So basically, I tried to give an observation and tell him what what I experienced, rather than you know what you, you think of him. What, yeah. Right. I, when you slammed yeah. the door, yeah, projecting... you were you were being a, a jerk. Jerk. But yeah. you don't have to say that. You can no. say, you know, that really felt, affected me affected me in this way. way. Yeah. And, and that way you will eliminate the confrontation part because, yeah. they, you know, you would hope they'd be more concerned about your feelings there. Yeah. Well, even if they're not, if you have first said what happened and then said how you experienced it mm-hmm. without making your partner wrong, just saying when I heard the car door slam, I made up that you were upset with me and I got worried that makes it a whole lot more hearable and so that's what we teach in our workshops the the introductory level one workshops 
We have one coming up on two successive Sundays on April 26th and May 3rd, and we still have one or two places left. And people can find you where? Dialoguecoaching.love, and dialogue is spelled D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E, as opposed to the shorter version. So you did four of the... uh, What's the fifth? fifth Okay, we did um, Being Right... Controlling unlimited self-expression, retaliation, withdrawal. Withdrawal Withdrawal. Withdrawal is the fifth one. Boy, you hit all the things we do. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And you're still together. Yeah. So. You know, people ask us, how do you stay married? And the answer is, we don't get divorced. There you go. (laughs) Well, there's there's, there's no reason. Like I say, we have so much to be thankful for. My goodness. Uh, And maybe, uh, you know, we have a few uh, stumbling blocks along the way, but we're... uh, we're still, we still love each other. And, That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. And I feel like, you know, we are a team, and mm-hmm. we count on each other to yeah. work with each other and, and yeah. make it through. Yeah. Teamwork whatever, is an important yeah, Whatever may come. Yeah. So. Teamwork yeah. is real important. Yeah. 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 So I'd like to close with the thought that okay. we're not trying to become conflict-free or have no problems. We, I don't think either one of us think that's even close to being possible. But it's about recovering quickly and repairing what went. And that rapid recovery becomes an expectation. It becomes, you know that, oh, we're in a mess, but we'll be out of it because we know we can recover. And that's what we're trying to support. Thank you both so very, very much. Ken D. is what you go by. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Ken Moore and D. Chapon. And uh, dialoguecoaching.love is your website. Thank you again. Thanks to Bobby D. And And Maui Toyota. This show will be uh, replayed. Today's Tuesday. It will be replayed tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m. On on Wednesday. And uh, we're usually back on Thursday and uh, repeat on Friday. This is Off the Record. I'm Bill Best with Bobby D. Best. And thanks to our guests. And thank you for listening and watching on Facebook. Off the Record on KAKU 88.5 FM.